Hey everybody, this is Scotty with the Cold Movie Cantina, and we've got something special for you. Uh, this is an episode that we filmed in 2020, right before the world shut down, at Pensacon uh, in Pensacola, Florida. We did the movie They Live, John Carpenter classic. You know, I love John Carpenter films, and so uh, Keith David was a guest at Pensacon, and so we decided to bring uh, our insight to that movie to Pensacola. We had a blast. It's me, Stephanie, Justina, and our guest is Drew Hall, uh, who has some wonderful insight on the film. Uh, you know how much I love John Carpenter, and I love jo talking about John Carpenter films. We learned a few things about They Live, and we showed a couple cool clips. Uh, so uh, enjoy this uh, little trip down in memory lane in the before times, before, you know, masks and vaccines and Joe Rogan and all kinds of crazy stuff. So check it out. You're listening to the Mobcast Network. Welcome to the Cult Movie Cantina! This podcast takes a look at our favorite cult films, introduces them to someone who's not seen them. Present. Uh, pairs them with a great alcoholic beverage. Me. And then we talk about it. This week we watched the 1988 classic, John Carpenter's They Live. I'm your Native American pop uh, culture spirit guide, Scotty, and I'm joined by... Your facilitator, fun, and lady of libations, Stephanie! Justina, your jellical jester. She who knows no movies. Oh, you did it by yourself. Scotty, I'm prepared. Admiral she who knows they, no movies. No, we don't do Admiral. We don't recognize, we do not recognize her range. That's from the We don't recognize her range. We don't recognize her range. We have an action-packed show for you, but first. But first, if you'd like to follow us, you can find us on any fine podcast app, including Spotify, by searching for the Mopcast Network. You can find us on YouTube at Mopcast Network, where we have our podcast movie reviews, mashups, and short films where I am naked. And Somehow you enjoy that. Subscribe. I, I, like, I like the attention that's I'm that just saying. You have to find it, though. Subscribe and set the alert so you don't miss anything. If you want to find out more about the Cult Movie Cantina, you can join us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash cantina. There you can find out the latest movie news, see trailers, Play games such as Wrong Title Only and Caption This and talk to us. It's super fun. Find out when we'll be in your town. We are now. But we we're in your town now. And speaking of live shows, guess where we are? We're in Pensacola. All right, you have two more chances to see us tomorrow, Saturday, February 29th. We'll be at Poseidon's Bay at 315 for our new show, Pop Culture Combat, where you get to defend your favorite fandoms to win prizes. Think of it as kind of like a nerd rap battle. It'll be great. Without rapping, it's not quite like Debate Club, but it does have prizes. So be there. We, we like to bribe people to come to our shows. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. We have prizes. We have prizes. <laughs> Y'all got sunglasses and bubblegum. Then tomorrow night at 745 Right here in Ballroom C, you can check out our pop culture trivia game show, hashtag, hashtag, where we'll be having fun answering trivia, where you can have uh, wins, lots of prizes. They're, trust me, I packaged these prizes, and I was like, oh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I did take home something. I'm not going to lie. Here. There's something in my car that I took out of the prize box. I am not lying. So they're great prizes. So uh, basically, you win stuff just to come to our panels. Suck at other panels. <laughs> yeah. Woo! All right. All right. Plus, we have a table uh, in the artist alley on the top right of the base center. That's where you can find, buy my comic book, Chronicles of Limbo. 
It's like Star Wars meets Final Fantasy that centers around a three year, 300 year old half vampire and her cosmically powered daughter. That's a genre no one's done yet, so I'm kicking the door in for that one. I think it's awesome. So, so go, uh, go and check it out. Plus, you'll see us there. We've got uh, some cool freebies up there, too, so check us out. But let's meet our guest. He's a filmmaker, co-host of our sister podcast, The Catacombs, and My Star Wars Life, which you can find here on the Mopcast Network. It's co-host himself, Drew Hall! Woo! What if I did it just like this? I was just like, hey... Yay. Would that motivate you guys? Or just a, you would forget halfway through you get really mad. Are, are you walking I'm going to talk about the sequel of They Live that I have been writing for four years. If you listen to Jim Cotta, you'll know. Can I be in it? Can I be in it? Can I be in it? Yes, 100%. Everyone in this room can be in it. So let's get started. So, like we said before, we have done, we're doing the 1988 Johnny Carper classic They Live. Let's listen to the trailer now. That means you get to watch. This is the first time we get to show it. <laughs> I know. I don't ever get to watch the trailers, guys. This is exciting. 80s trailers are, trailers are weird. You don't even watch the movies. Watch your face. I watched them for the podcast. Okay. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe, as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are, or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them, they're everywhere! We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business, ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletales. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick it. And I'm all out of it. This character is actually better than the movie. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, it's like, this is not the movie I watched. <laughs> they sold this differently to us. We really need to start watching the trailers, guys. Notice that Justine and I are dressed for the movie. Intentional. <laughs> yes, because all work people wear flannel. <laughs> In this movie, they do. Hashtag they live. <laughs> so give it up for they live. So, like I said, this movie came out in 1988, directed by John Carpenter, written by Frank Armitage. Does anyone know who Frank Armitage is? The people next door do. Oh, they got loud on purpose. Oh yeah, I got you. Y'all, y'all want to play? That's not cool. So do you want to know who Frank Armitage is? Tell us, because I have no idea. No, sure don't. It's also John Carpenter. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes. He went by Frank Armitage in this one, because why? Weird. Based on a short story by Ray Nelson called 8 O'Clock in the Morning. Um, It stars uh, Roddy Roddy Piper as... Does anyone know his name? His real name, no. In the the movie. You might know his name in the movie. In the movie? Oh, in the movie? In the, Nada. Nada, that's right. In the, yeah, Nada. In a day. As in Nada. Which is also the amount of Oscars he has. 
But he's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, so that counts for something. Uh, we have Keith David, who's here at uh, Pensacon, as Frank, Meg Foster, as Holly, George Buck, uh, Flower, as the Drifter, Peter Buck, as Gilbert, Raymond St. Uh, Jacques, as the Street Preacher. Are y'all ready for your sermon? Preach on, brother. Preach it. Brothers and sisters, gather round. Amen. A drifter known as Nada arrives in Los Angeles. While on the street, he sees a street preacher warning, they have come to recruit the rich and powerful to control humanity. Nada just takes a job in construction. Because he ain't got time for that. Uh, he befriends a fellow construction worker, Frank, who is from, uh, who leads him to a shanty town soup kitchen uh, and his leader, Gilbert. That night, a hacker tracks, uh, takes over a television broadcast in the one TV in the homeless camp, uh, claiming that scientists have discovered signals that have enslaved the population and keeping them in a dreamlike state. And the only way to stop it is to shut off the signal at the source. Those watching the broadcast complain of headaches. I would too. Nada secretly follows Gilbert and the street preacher into a nearby church and discovers that the meeting with a group uh, that includes uh, the hacker. He sees scientific equipment and cardboard boxes inside. Here's Gilbert worrying about Hoffman lenses that are made to be, uh, that won't be enough to, uh, without strong people to help them. Nada is discovered by the blind preacher and yet escapes. Working man hands, you look good. The, that night, the shantytown and church are destroyed in a police raid, and the hacker and preacher are surrounded and beaten by riot police. That's terrible. The following day, Nada retrieves one of the boxes from the church, takes out a pair of sunglasses from it, hiding the rest in a trash can. Nada discovers that the sunglasses make the world appear black and white, but also reveals subliminal messages to, uh, in the media to obey, consume, reproduce, and conform. You know, Walmart stuff. The glasses also reveal that many people are actually aliens with skull-like faces. When Nada mocks an alien woman at a supermarket, she alerts other aliens via a mysterious wristwatch. Nada leaves, but is confronted by two alien cops. He kills them, because that's easy, and steals their weapons. Nada enters a bank where he sees several of the employees and customers are aliens. He murders a bunch of them with a shotgun. He then takes... Hey, stop, 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 stop. Yep. So, uh, there's a lot that we passed. Yeah, we're just going to go back to it, but here. Okay, cool, keep going. Uh, <laughs> we're almost through it. You're like, oh, okay, we're almost through it. Uh, so he escapes and take, uh, takes Cable 54 employee Holly Thompson hostage. At Holly's home, Nada tries to uh, get, get her to try on glasses, but she knocks him out, throws him out of the window, and calls the police. That's what you do. Um, Don't leave, you can win a prize. Nada returns to the alley and retrieves the box of sunglasses from a garbage truck. Frank meets Nada to give him his paycheck, which was weird. Nada tries to get Frank to put on the sunglasses. There's a fight, a very long fight about putting on sunglasses. I really want to do a fight like that in a movie. I'm not lying. I want, I want to be in a... I want to beat that time. Is it because you want to be in a fight that long, or is it because you want to beat the time? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes. Nada wins. Frank puts on the glasses and sees the truth. Frank and Nada find Gilbert, who leads him to a anti-alien move, move, meeting, move, meeting movement that uh, is ambushed. Uh, Holly's there too. Uh, they go escape to. Uh, they escape to a, a, a tunnel area that's more like their planet. 
they uh, they find out that there are rich and powerful people that are being taken over. Uh, they realize the source of the signal is at Holly's TV station. They go up to go try to stop that, and when they do, Holly realizes. You know, Holly turns out she's one of the bad guys. She kills Frank. She tries to stop Nada, who, who destroys this signal, and. Um, Releases, wakes everybody up so everyone sees all the aliens, which he has shot and killed. And his last moment of breath, he flips off the bad guys. The end. So there was a lot to talk about. That. that was quick. That was the quick. You know what that reminds me of? Like a Catholic mass. We have, it's like really quick. Yeah, well, we only had, they only gave us 45 minutes, so I had to get it all to and, and now communion. So now we can talk about it. Sorry about that. All right. So where you want to back up? Can we just start with uh, Holly, the name Holly Thompson, which is the prettiest name in the world? That's an exact line from the movie. So that's what's your name? Holly. Holly what? Thompson. Oh, that's the prettiest name. Holly Thompson. Is my name Holly Thompson? Because if so, you have the prettiest name. Is anyone else? Yes, sir. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. You're Got welcome. it. That's Done. amazing. It's a beautiful name. It's a pretty name. Maybe the prettiest. In the whole world. That's <laughs> You said you, you wanted me to slow down. You had I know, but uh, there's so much stuff that happened. <laughs> well, we skipped my favorite line. So what is your favorite line? The guy, okay. Frank? His friend? Yep. Okay. This is how this works, guys. Okay, so his friend was talking about how he walks the white line. And then he said, that white line's in the middle of the road. That's a dangerous line to walk. Put his glasses on. Well, that's what I was going to do. He doesn't do that. He doesn't well, there's, <laughs> there's always the bubble gum. Put on the glasses, aliens. Yeah, yeah. That was the best line ever. What's that? I'm here to you like that line better ass. than I've come here to do two things? Yes, because that line was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that line happened. I was like, done, boom, favorite line. All right. A line about a, a, a road? Yeah. Because it was so cheesy. I question you sometimes. It was so cheesy. Like, it came out. I was like... No, no, there's millions of cheesy lines. I know, the whole thing. I brought that up, too, where I was like, all this movie, the dialogue of this whole movie is just such cheesy it's, one-liners, and they pause and look at each other, and then action. So, okay, here's a little disclaimer. For once, I had not seen this movie. So Wednesday, we watched this together. We all three watched. All three of us watched. Yeah. Together. While making your prize pack, right? Anyway. And so I'm sitting here. I had to have them stop and say, "I just stop. What is going on?" <laughs> well, like, you know, well, this movie is a slow. Hold on. <laughs> well, this movie is a slow burn at the beginning because what we we, we really follow uh, Roddy Piper's character, Nada. You know, he is. You know, homeless from, from, from Colorado. Colorado. He goes and look at, goes to look for work, and the lady who's trying to help him has no interest whatsoever in helping him. He basically loves having fun. Talking about that uh, unemployment job place or whatever yeah. that I thought was a bank. Okay, I need, I need to know who in here has actually seen this movie. That's that, the first that many people, really? Because it's a I good movie. Either, so <laughs> welcome. I'm. Like, they never heard of it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Did you like it, those who raised your hands? Okay. Who thinks that it's more relevant now than it used to be, like, when it came out? Oh, that is scary. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that's the terrifying part, right? I, mean, I feel like I'm in advertising for a living, and I'm I'm basically the aliens. I'm yeah, one of those people. You're the aliens. Who, who thinks the aliens I'm look like Ackman from the Jeff Denham show? <laughs> I did. They kind of. They, they kind of look like I'm. <laughs> I kill you. I kill you. <laughs> um. So, you know, it, like again, it's a slow burn. It takes it takes about thirty minutes to get to the point where he gets the sunglasses and, and puts them on, and then that's when we see the the secrets of the world, what's really going on. So that is the point in which I had seen a piece of this whole movie. By the way, you don't know this. Okay, so we're watching it. And he gets the sunglasses. I. Um, 
Fun story. You guys don't really know us. Some of you don't know us very well, but I, I have not seen a lot of movies. That's, that's a legit thing. <laughs> no, she really is. She's film school, knowledge. by the way. So I have seen films in pieces for film school, but I have not watched a lot of movies. So it hit the point where he put the sunglasses on, and I actually had to do like a paper on this small little scene of him looking at all these billboards that say obey and conform and all of that. And then it stops before the, the aliens show up. So I had no idea that this was even in this movie, first of all. That it was connected. It was just this one little scene, and it I had it's a similar take, but it had a completely different thing when you take out the whole alien aspect of it, because it really does just focus heavily on that media, you know, changing yeah, I, your see, thoughts. So the, the, from a filmmaker perspective, like I find that the black and white element, as odd as it sounds, is is tasteful and really art film. Right. No, it, it was. I, I feel like it's a proper science fiction film in the sense that it's challenging uh, social cultures and not just. Here's a bunch of laser swords right. and disgruntled fan base. It was fascinating, the small scene, is what I, I say. I, so. think, I, I agree with you to a point, Drew. I, the concept, I think, is really good. I, I like that. I am very, very picky in particular about makeup and special effects and all that. If you look on the screen, we've got what we're talking about right. if you've not seen this film. Yeah, so I was... Keep talking. This is the part that I saw. Oh, yeah. We'll let me finish. And then I... Oh, you keep talking about this as well. well so, I turn the sound yeah, yeah. Before he looks at a person, so you don't ever see him look at a person and see that they're, because you can see the aliens with the glasses too. My problem was, so I thought, focus on media. I thought the aliens were comical looking, and it took away from the movie for me. It completely, it, it made it almost like a comedy. It's like, are you kidding me? This is it. I was, you know, so I was very disappointed in the special effects or makeup or whatever that was. That would be makeup. Well, that was makeup? Yeah, that was makeup. It was bad. It was really bad. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, if that's the look they were going for, they did a good job. But it, like I said, it, to me it was comical. What, what, and it took me out would, of the movie. What would you rather have? I don't know. Something... Um, I would have rather, if they're going to go with the skeleton look, I would have rather have to have something where it looks like the skin's been pulled off and more blood and actual, you know, gore. I don't know if they wanted gooey aliens running around. I wanted, I, well, I mean, but I wanted something not funny. I thought it was funny. Gooey aliens. Hey, Scotty, can you pull up the Obey image, or do you want me? I can flip it around. Oh, they can, they can see it on screen. It's been no, no, the, uh, the, in the Shepherd Fairy. Uh, no, I don't know. Do you guys know about the connection of the artist? Have you ever seen this? It's hard to see, but have you guys seen this before? Yeah. Shepard Fairy? You guys know this, right? Obey comes from the movie, right? It's Andre the Giant's face, but like Shepard Fairy kind of parroting on it. That's Andre the Giant? I just met him. Yeah, didn't meet Andre the Giant. No, you did in a movie. In a movie. She okay. didn't know who he yeah, was. Yeah, our last film was. No, uh, no, no, no. I threw down his name. Thank you very much. Oh, you knew that. No, I think. No. So the same, the same artist, in case, like, well, now I've lost my place, but the same artist, in case you didn't know, is the same individual that did. Uh, that. And so I think it's kind of a fascinating oh, idea yeah, I knew that. to juxtapose this idea of this movie, and I'm not being political, I'm just making just visual statements here. That's what science fiction is supposed to do, it's supposed to stir something. And I love the fact that the same artist turned around and did the Obama posters and kind of pushed the boundary that way a little bit. Just make, for him to take that same idea and flip it around is an interesting idea, especially in the, in the light of whatever you want to say. Again, non-political, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't even know. Well, I mean, it's hard to be non-political for this movie. This movie's very political, especially for the 80s. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it takes a look at a hard look at media and what media really does to you. Right. Um, plus, it really takes a shot at the power elite. 
It's a lot about Tara Gee. Tara, yeah, Car Carver's not a fan of economics, and he's well, trying to TV preview that. Magazines and yeah, yeah, but I mean, nowadays, I would argue it's like YouTube. No offense to YouTube Well, stars, they didn't have that as much then. And it's they also didn't exist at all then. But they're not just YouTube. They didn't have that kind of stuff as much. Yeah, right. Like So there was just like the magazines and the advertising this and the TV. This is getting deep and serious. However, it's also interesting that the people who are the aliens are the people who are into it so much, like judging other people based on their takes and their perspectives of how people look, how they dress, how they react. So like you could almost tell who they were without the glasses based on their behaviors, which was interesting. So it's it's really see, so you just went to another level. That's the point, that's my thing about the movie, like it, love, or hate it. I love the fact that it, it to me, does what science fiction is supposed to do and hasn't done in a long time, which is challenge us. I think it should challenge you and cause at least some kind of conversation. Sadly, I feel like that's lost these days. I mean, there's some out there, don't get me wrong, but I think that's pretty powerful. It is, I totally agree. Uh, let's go to our libation. So next time you watch this, drink, uh, this movie, there's a nice drink you can, you can pair with it. Well, actually, yes, there is, and you can make this at home, but because we are at Pensacola, and I'm all about supporting local whatever is going on, we have a lovely bar over there. And I've decided to choose one of the cocktails that is on their menu to tie it into this movie. And they had one that I chose, and I am giving you the ingredients. It looks like this. It's called the Benford Cocktail. Now, the reason why I chose Benford, follow me on this. Benford is a tool company. Guy did construction work. I got you. There you go. Benford. Like, That's where Two-time, it all fits. I mean, He had know, his own tools. And also flannel. So there you go. But it's um, double cross vodka, raspberry liqueur, which, by the way, I was watching. It's one part double cross vodka, one part raspberry liqueur, sour mix, and Sprite. And if you're lucky, you get a cherry in it. <laughs> we did not get a cherry the first time. So no, we, we were did. only the second time we did. 50 50 shots. So basically, it pairs nicely with this movie and uh, support your local bar while you're here. It's good to have a con of the bar, I think. It's great. So here, how about some Apocrypha? Here, I, there's not too much different. The, the book, is anyone read the short story that this is based on? Eight o'clock in the morning. This is based on a story? Yeah, short story. There you go. It's called Eight o'clock, it's very short. It's uh, eight, eight o'clock in the morning, and here, so here's the gist of it. Um, George Nada is at a, um, he's at a hypnotist show. And he gets hypnotized, and that's what wakes him up. And he starts seeing all this stuff, you know, see, without the sunglasses. He just sees the aliens and the, the messages and stuff. And then he goes, he goes on a path to try to wake other people up. He gets a phone call at, uh, the, the, uh, at night that says, You're a very old man. At 8 o'clock in the morning, you're going to die of a heart attack. And so he spends the whole story trying to convince people that they're aliens. And does so, but at 8 o'clock in the morning, he drops dead. Because he's still susceptible to the subliminal message. That's crazy. And so, it, so in the end, you can never escape it. And I thought that's that's fun. That's so that's where the difference is awesome. from the the movie. Um, here's some here's some people who were uh, in, uh, were suggested to play George Nada. Alec Baldwin, <laughs> Michael Bean, who's here here this weekend. Yes, Brian Bosworth, the boss. Jeff, Jeff Bridges, Bruce Campbell, Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford, Michael Keaton, uh, Christopher Lambert, Stephen Lane, uh, Bill Paxton, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Bruce Willis. 
Okay. I feel like it would have been a different movie had Van Damme been cast. Uh, there been a lot of kicks. Right. Well, this, this is this is what this, they could have got Van Damme cheap because he was on his, on his way up. He hadn't really done anything except drop out of Predator. You know, he was the original what, Predator, right? Wait, what? What year was this? Eighty-eight. He did. I thought he did a lot of stuff in the eighties. You're gonna miss your prize. We're gonna draw. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if we drew her number? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so Scotty, if you had to pick one of the people that could have been Nana, who would you pick? Oh, Bill Paxton. Why? Because I think Bill Paxton plays off the everyday man. So so Nana's like this wrestler, and so he's you know he's a big dude, and I think this role is better if he's just an average size. Like you're saying, more vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten like the, the ten minute fight scene. <laughs> yeah. That fight scene was epic. I mean, it was. Okay. I, I think you and I should go do it right now. Yes. You want a leg wrestler? <laughs> All right. All you have to do I'm is one jeans, backdrop. So. I'm wearing jeans. One backdrop, back just one. Dangerous I have a feeling we should wrestle right now. How many of those have you had? I am covered She's like, I want my sixth one up. Number seven is a wrestling time. Let it be known that Justina is scared to wrestle me. Let's go. Let's do it right now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, (laughs) ma'am. Jennifer's over there like, don't do it. it." She's like, please don't do it. Don't do it. It's not funny. All right. Here's some bar trivia. Uh, The the famous line, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum, was ad-libbed. That's awesome. Not the best line in the movie, though. It is absolutely the best line in the movie. It's one of the best lines in cinema history, I yeah. would say. It is known around the world. So look at there. Let me just throw this out there. I, I'm going to need everybody to get their sunglasses ready, because before we leave, I'm going to take a selfie with everybody with their sunglasses on. Uh, the, the, big, the, big sequence, the big fight sequence was designed and rehearsed and choreographed in the backyard of John Carpenter's production office. Uh, and uh, but Piper David, David decided to fight it out for real, only faking hits to the face and the groin. So there's a scene in the movie after the fight when you Hold on, hold on. I didn't realize they were wrapped in cellophane. Hold on. <laughs> Just guess, hold on. I guess you didn't see the movie. It's back. a beautiful sound though. It's nice. But there there's a scene after the fight scene where they uh, where uh, Roddy Piper has his shirt off and he's all bruised up. Those are real bruises from the fight. They're not makeup. He's got these terrible bruises. I mean, it, the stuff on his face is all makeup. Everything on his back was real after being slammed repeatedly. Because, you know, they just didn't do the fight scene once. You know, it's a movie. They had a different angles. Well, they stuff. also just were like, oh, you're a wrestler. You can take the bumps. And right. Like, well, okay. <laughs> Roddy was like, yeah, I'm in a movie. Let's do this. Yeah. It's like, I want to do another movie. And he did. And Hell Comes to Frog. Which is brilliant. <laughs> and I can't wait to talk that one through. Oh my god. He was also the maniac in Always Sunny in Philly. He was also the maniac in Always Sunny. He did bring that up. I love that show. Love that show. God rest, Roddy. All of the various aliens through the movie, both male and female, were portrayed by by the stunt coordinator Jeff Amato. Uh, The credits credits list list him as a female goal. Uh, and he said uh, he could fit into the costume. He says he didn't mind wearing pumps. When you have a, when you have fourteen black belts, you can wear pumps. <laughs> so, so anytime there's a single alien, it's just the one guy and the female. So, and so when there's a group of them, there's it's a bunch of actors. But the rest of the time, it's like that. Lots oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, so Vince McMahon, who runs WWF at the time, now WWE, did not want Roddy Piper to do this movie. Why? Uh, because. Uh, 
he was making more money, and uh, McMahon wanted to keep his his pay down to a certain grade. He was he was a certain he was level. Get still, too famous. Right, he thought he was gonna get too famous, mm. and so. Um, Greedy. But so let Hulk Hogan do no, no holds barred. Right. He obviously didn't contract. think it would be successful. What's that? He obviously did not think that would be successful. Oh no, he knew Hulk was huge. I was like, it's fine, do it. I don't care. Your pay's not gonna go up, but it's bother. Did you guys know about the big wrestling training that goes on here in Pensacola? Yeah. yeah. Nope. Didn't I? Oh, it's pretty awesome. Did I say it a wrong? very Did famous like wrestler is from here. A current wrestler is from here. And I, say like I should I should know. He's beautiful. <laughs> oh, is it Aquaman? Because you think he kinda looks like Aquaman. <laughs> he is, he is my, my two questions for that. First off, I don't think Aquaman's real question mark. <laughs> two, I don't think he's a wrestler. But yes, he, he is the same genetic background. No, that's as far as I got set. So. Yeah. Bless your heart. It's okay. It's okay. So, Drew, give, yes. us, give us your sequel. All right, here it is. So, I've been working on this quite seriously for four years. I'm obsessed with a movie called Jim Cotta. Does anybody know the movie Jim Cotta? Yep. Okay, okay. I, if you've not, it's the first episode yes. of our podcast. <laughs> uh, G Y M K A T A, and it, it stars uh, Jonathan. At the athlete that is martial arts. <laughs> it's so terrible, it's brilliant. Yeah, there's a pommel horse literally in the middle of the town. He starts doing gymnastics. And That's pretty much the only thing you need to do. Who has that in the middle of their town first? Jim Cotta people! It doesn't matter. So I want to make a movie called They Live Jim Cotta 2, T O O, right? So the idea is you take Jim Cotta, Jonathan Cabot, it'll be played by Clay Crawford. And if you go look at Clay, if you look at his face, he looks just like Jonathan Cabot. So you take those two and you put them together. And so the movie is you have a dude that can do martial arts and gymnastics fighting aliens. It's brilliant. Nobody, nobody's behind me on this. No, I'm, I'm I see one guy. I see a Texas Quake guy behind me. That's great. My question is... Broker Joker's got me right there. Broker Joker. For all your business needs, the Broker Joker. Can, can we make the aliens look scarier, though? No. 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 Okay, Stephanie, you did not see Jim Cotta. The aliens uh, look goofier. Okay. Uh, wait, I love you. Wait, there's that aliens in Jim Cotta. No. Well, if you only, only but, wear the sunglasses, you can see them. So I watched Jim Cotta because I was on that podcast. It's the most important movie ever made. My takeaway from that whole movie was these these writers were like, we have this gymnast. Karate. Boom, done. Done. No, it was like a whole yeah. thing. They found the gymnast later. They thought of the movie first. It's found based the on a book. Is it written? That's what we talked about. Yeah, because I own it. I bought a thirty-five dollar paperback that no one cares about. You did actually. It is a gift. I would be interested in reading the book. I am interested. It's actually really good. I would read it. Yeah. Well, I read three pages. It is, it is really That's hard to find this remember. book. I have looked it up twice. I read the first page, a middle page, and the last page. And if it makes sense, good book. Hitchhiker's Guide, good book. The Bible, good luck. <laughs> I have a pitch for this movie, but we're running short of time, so I'm going to do our pitch in our next in our next episode. Yeah, let's the cult, do that. The cult meeting. I think you will enjoy it. So give you a reason to go listen to the podcast. So, um, what do you think the budget for this movie was? Um, twelve dollars. <laughs> we have twelve dollars here, Justina. When was it made? I don't know. I always ask. Eighty-eight. Doesn't matter. Um, the budget. It was probably. Three million. I don't know. No, you guessed your twelve dollars. Sorry, twelve dollars. Okay. I'm gonna go with thirteen million. Thirteen million. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Anybody in the audience? What do you think this movie was? One point two million. One point two. We get one more on the side. I like that you had a point in yours. Well done. Half a million. Half a million. Okay. Okay. Uh, four million was the budget on this oh film. All right. 
So, so Price is right. Broker Joker makes it up. <laughs> so uh, Joker, Joker was too close. On uh, opening weekend was November 6, nineteen eighty-eight. Oh God. Uh, how did? Uh, how much did it make over opening weekend? It made three hundred thousand. Which would be a pretty good for a twelve dollar movie. <laughs> Five million. Five million. Good grief! I'll go with one point two million. One point two. In the back. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. That's like four. Survey says four point eight million dollars. Oh wow! Its worldwide gross was thirteen million. Wow! So it made what it put into. It sure did. It ranked number three, uh, and then the second week it ranked number one, and then the third week it vanished. What on earth came out with it? That was so bad that this movie was so good. No, people liked it, and so people gravitated to it. Ronnie Piper was a big deal, right? No, I don't know that. I just don't remember. You were and then, well, no one does because this would happen. It was number three, then number two. Movies don't do that. Movies don't climb. Movies are like I'm number one, and then the next number one. It's rare that they climb. This one climbed when it was number one for a week. It was pulled. Carpenter believes that it was political pressure that pulled it, and it will tell you that to this day. Fantastic. He needs people to wake up. <laughs> He's trying real hard to wake us up, guys. Uh, films that opened that weekend, one, number one was Die Hard. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, that number, number two, number two Did this was. Come out at Christmas time. No. Well, yeah, it's November. No. Yeah, Die Hard, best Christmas movie ever. Uh, Everyone knows that. Came out. Uh, second number two was A Fish Called Wanda. Number four was. Crossing the, uh, Scotty, I have seen a fish called Wanda. Oh my god! Uh, I have to, do you know film school? Guys. I film saw school. a fish called Wanda, Wanda in Frankfurt, Germany, it and it was all in German. That's the first time Not I saw it. Not the Belgium Cotta though. So. Uh, number four, number four, number three, of course, was they lived. Number four was Crossing Delan- uh, Delancey. Number five was YouTube Rattle and Hum. Oh, I walked out of that movie. <laughs> I did. I bought a ticket, saw a few minutes of it, and said, this is stupid. Walked so I will, I will tell you this. It, this movie ranked in the top 100 for the year. 98. Where did it go? <laughs> so 98. She said 94. 52. Someone back on this side. Uh, 26. 26. Oh, 26. Uh, 27. Holly Thompson says 26. 26, 27. Holly, prettiest name ever, Thompson. 81. Oh, wow. Uh, I went in. You manipulate the number 26. You went over. You know, B81, so I was kind of right. <laughs> Close enough, yes. I'm kind of with that. Um, the, do you know what the number one movie in 1980 was? Back to the Future 2. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, let it be my time. No. <laughs> I don't think that was ever the number one movie of the year. <laughs> I was rude for you, too. Mars Mars. No. Broker Joker. <laughs> Die Hard came out. It should have been Die Hard. Yeah, you would think Die Hard was like very low that year. I think it's because it came out so late, so it didn't make that. It didn't have time to generate enough for the for an eighty-eight. Uh, number one was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Number two, Coming to America. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, no, number three is Good Morning Vietnam. What year did Back to the Future Two come out? Ninety. <laughs> okay, I'm close. Keep that tucked away. Big is number four, and Crocodile Dundee two was number five. Oh, I had a two. Uh, the the movie uh, they lived, like I said, came out 80, uh, finished eighty one. It was beaten by another movie that went down on the show, Halloween four, which came out in sixty one. I think it would be a really great social experiment for people to watch it and do research and then write a paper. 
<laughs> she wants you to watch it to give you work. <laughs> and then we all need to read the short story. Boom, no. Collectively. I recommend it only if you invent a drinking game. Because, no. What would otherwise. you drink for? Uh, every time um, they put on glasses. Every time. There would be so many things. Every, every time there's a stupid one-liner, yes. you drink. And you'd be drunk. Yeah. Uh, I also recommend it, so I think it's good. If you've not seen it, I recommend you go out and see it. So this is Scotty saying, 